This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 36. Today we hear about the emu. We guess three mystery animal sounds and a lot more. And hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Visit the Zoo. My name is Frederick Fishman and I am your host and the author of the 120 Animal 12 volume Visit the Zoo series. It's now in one volume in the anthology, but you can buy that and all the other books from Amazon.com and they come in a Kindle or a print audiobook and there's also a DVD that I've put out too for Visit the Zoo. I also want to make sure that you know that we have a new merchandise store that we've just established. We've taken some of my beautiful animal photography and we've converted it into watercolor art. And I put that on Zazzle.com slash Zooswear. That's Z-A-Z-Z-L-E dot com forward slash Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R. Or you can get the quick link to my merchandise store by going to my podcast website, which is at Zoo Animals. That's plural, zooanimals.com. Info. I also have my author website, which is at Frederick Fishman, F-I-C-H-M-A-N, FrederickFishman.com. And if you want to help and support everything that we do here on Visit the Zoo, you can go to my Patreon site, which is at P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Visit the Zoo. Okay, let's get started. All right, we're going to read a couple stories here, and I think we're only going to make this very short today because there's a lot at the other end of the episode where we'll be reading chapter number three for my novel. Let's do this first story from Germany, from Frankfurt. The Frankfurt Zoo is showing off its first lion cub in 15 years. The mother, Zarina, gave birth to triplets on April the 14th and kept a close eye on her offspring as they took their first steps in the zoo's lion enclosure on Wednesday. The father is a 12-year-old by the name of Kumar, and he's been kept apart from the 6-year-old Zarina, and the cubs until zookeepers are sure that the mother will tolerate his presence. The Asian lion cubs haven't yet been named and keepers believe, but they aren't sure the two of them are male. And this is a good story, thank goodness, uh, from Africa. And the title of the story is uh, Gorillas Rebound. The population of Africa's critically endangered mountain gorillas has soared by a quarter since 2010, with wildlife authorities estimating that the number now to be over 1,000 individual primates. The population boom came despite the threat poaching and armed groups vying for control of the chain of volcanic mountains that are home to the gorillas in Rwanda, Uganda, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The population increase came after the introduction of park guards, veterinary care, community support projects, and regulated tourism around the gorillas' habitat. So those are our two short news stories for today. All right, let's go to our mystery animal sounds. And I've got three animal sounds that are quite strange. But let's start with the first one. And let me see if you can guess what this thing is. 
Okay, let me play that again. And let's go to the second animal sound. This one is a little bit easier, especially for those of you who live in the Midwest of the United States. One more time again. Let's play that. Now, here is our third mystery animal sound for today. And this, by the way, is an animal I'd never heard of. And those are our three mystery animal sounds, and I'll have the information as to who they are and what they are and a little bit about them later on in the episode. Let's go to our animal description now. This is from a strange creature called the emu. Let's look at a large, warm-blooded creature again. The emu is not officially, but by popular demand, considered the bird of Australia. It has a long history with humans and the development of that island continent where it lives. It is respected, but also has been used for human food and for the emu oil, which was used at one time to light lamps. Emus are nomads and will cover great distances in search of food and water. It has powerful legs, some of the most powerful legs in the entire animal kingdom. Those legs allow them to leap high into the air to get away from their main predator, a dingo, a type of dog. Those legs can also rip down a metal fence and propel the emu to speeds of up to 40 miles per hour. They grow to about six feet tall and weigh about 100 pounds. They have a varied diet of plants, fruits, insects, seeds, and leaves. And they have a curious habit of eating small pebbles to aid in their digestion. They are flightless and second only in size to the ostrich. Females will lay 9 to 11 green eggs, no ham, that are about 6 inches long. But it is the males who sit on the eggs. They will sit and incubate those eggs for as long as 8 weeks straight, rarely getting up, not eating or drinking until the hatchlings emerge from their shells. That's dedication. Emus can live 10 to 20 years. They have excellent eyesight and hearing and they have a very curious nature. They love to observe other animals. They like to come up to humans to observe them as well, sometimes pecking at them to get a reaction to see how the humans move next. They sleep at night in fits and starts and have a tremendous capability to roam as much as 15 miles per day. They are an interesting species of birds with an intelligence that is fascinating. a little bit about the emu and let's go back to our mystery animal sounds and this one this first one is very curious indeed let's hear what he sounds like and then i'll tell you about him that is called a bear cat and it's not related at all to bears 
or cats. It's also known as the binturong and is native to South and Southeast Asia. These guys are short and have stout and heavy legs. They have thick black fur and bushy tails. And the females are larger than males, as we've seen in other species too, where the females are unusually larger than the males. They have a muzzle that's short and pointed. They have large black eyes and they have short rounded ears. Their habitat is in tall forests, but they also like some grasslands as well. They're active both day and night. They are omnivorous, which means they'll eat just about anything, which includes small mammals, birds, fish, insects, fruits, and they are common in zoos around the world. They are intelligent and they're curious, but they can be ill-tempered. They could be nasty, so they really can't be considered as pets. They are also considered vulnerable, too. In the last three decades, that's 30 years, there's been a 30% decrease in their numbers, and mainly, again, because of loss of habitat. All right, here is our next animal sound. That is a cardinal, and anybody, especially in the Midwest, has probably have, has seen these beautiful red birds, and they are bright red, and you can see them from quite a distance. And that's what they're known for, their red body, and the beak is red, too. They're found both in North and South America. They are very active birds. They bounce around a lot. They like to eat seeds. They are about five inches long, and they weigh about half an ounce. Their habitat is in open woodlands. Them and their human benefits, and this is interesting. In 2016, there was a study done in Atlanta, Georgia, and it found that the cardinals biologically suppressed West Nile virus upon infection. So, if you can figure out how they do that, maybe you can figure out how to conquer this dreaded disease. All right, here is our third animal sound. Let me see if you can guess what it was. <laughs> Now, how's that for a curious-sounding animal, a koi poo? And I've got to admit that when I ran onto this animal sound, I'd never heard of this thing. It's a large, semi-aquatic rodent. It's found near rivers and other water stretches. It's primarily subtropical and temperate areas of South America where you will find this creature. But it's been introduced to North America, Europe, Asia, and Africa by mostly farmers who want to get their fur. They're also very prevalent in the southern U.S. as well. And they look like a large rat or beaver with a small tail. They weigh about 8.8 .8 to 19.8 pounds. They're about 16 to 24 inches in length, but they can weigh up to 35 or 37 pounds, which is a big rat. It has webbed hind feet and it has a bright orange incisor tooth as well that make them very distinguishable. They live about six years in captivity and out in the wild about three years. Those are our three animal sounds for today. Usually at this part of the Visit the Zoo podcast, I will read a poem or a quote, but I'm going to continue on with the introductory chapter reads from my novel that I wrote last year. The chapter reads from my novel, Noah, an animal adventure fantasy, and we're going to read from chapter 
three today, and this is a, a direct lift from my audio book. And if you want to listen to the rest of the book in audio, you can get it from audible.com, or you can go to Amazon to pick up the audio book and also the print version and the ebook version. If you want a direct link to those versions, you can just go to zooanimals.info. That's zooanimals, plural, zooanimals.info. Info, and then you will get the links to go directly to pick up the entire book. All right, here is now chapter number three from Noah, an animal adventure fantasy. Chapter three. Noah did not hesitate. He immediately started walking slowly on the descending path. The further he walked, the darker his surroundings. It was as if the green canopy was closing in around him. The further he walked, the quieter and the more distant the background noise from the zoo sounded. As the background zoo noise began to fade, a louder hissing noise began to rise and replace it. The darkness continued to deepen then suddenly began to brighten once again. The green enveloping color from the canopy above turned into a mist and began to saturate the tunnel. It permeated the space in front and behind Noah. The mist grew thicker as if it were surrounded by a dense fog. Noah stopped walking. He was suddenly afraid. He grabbed the metal railing straddling either side of the path to steady himself. He was temporarily disoriented and dizzy. The mist grew even thicker and the hissing became louder. Come on, Noah, it's okay, he whispered to himself. Noah's fear began to heighten even more when he heard that voice again. He turned sharply to his left, took one step back up the path now. Come on, Noah, come. We must talk. I want to meet you. Noah stopped walking and turned back toward the descent of the path. Someone wanted to meet him. Who wanted to meet him? His curiosity then kicked into full tilt. He continued to walk down the path. He proceeded one slow, cautious step at a time. The mist began to clear and the light began to fill the covered path. In front of Noah, the light turned into a more natural golden hue. Noah thought he saw a magnificent sunset in front of him. The hissing sound was almost gone. The further he walked, the mist began to disappear until it finally vanished. He saw a small piece of blue sky in front of him at the end of his green tunnel. It looked similar to those wondrous evenings, those rare wondrous evenings, when the sun was setting behind a veil of scattered clouds and the sky was on fire with gold and red expanding and deepening on the horizon. As he reached the bottom of the path and cleared the opening of the green canopy, 
he saw a broad field of flowering wheat in all directions. He looked behind him, and he saw a diminishing and closing of that green path cocoon. The path receded behind him even further and further away. Noah turned and tried to run back to his world and back to his parents. It was impossible. The path then disappeared completely. Noah was standing in a small round opening in the middle of a wheat field with a red and gold sky above and around him in all directions. Mom, Dad, he screamed out. He twirled from one side to the next. He began to panic. Mom, Dad, he cried out even louder. He heard a rustling sound in the distance. It was soft at first, but grew louder as it seemed to move toward him. Something was in the tall wheat moving in his direction. He hoped it was not a loose panda from the habitat that was supposed to be there. Moving out from the thick stand of full-grown wheat, Noah saw a small, furry creature. It stopped in front of him. It had a pointy nose, and its two black hands and two golden furry arms were resting on its stomach. It looked at Noah and smiled sweetly. A bird somewhere above their heads made a chirping noise. The small animal looked up suddenly. The smile dropped. It looked anxiously from side to side, trying to determine the bird's location. The bird then became quiet and flew away. The golden furry animal, maybe one and a half feet tall, turned back to Noah. Noah was put off by the smile at first, but then just seemed to relax. He stared at and carefully surveyed the animal from head to toe. It looked familiar. Its arms were still together, still resting on its stomach. Noah smiled. Wait a minute. You're a meerkat. The meerkat nodded in agreement. Did you get out of your enclosure? The meerkat did not move. It just stood there and continued to smile. Noah asked, Are you lost? Then, to Noah's shock, it spoke in a comforting, strong adult voice. No, but you are. Noah screamed and ran to the edge of the clearing, frantically looking for an opening. The voice said in the little small creature, Noah, there's no place to go. You have to stay with me. Noah turned back to that wall of wheat. He shook his head in disbelief. What was happening was too much for the twelve-year-old to fathom. The meerkat took several steps toward Noah. It was only about five feet away from Noah, who still had his back to the wheat wall. Noah, I will help you find your way back. Not right away, but I will help you. Noah tried to speak, stopped, and then finally in a shaking voice. Animals can't talk. How can you talk? The meerkat then moved down to a half-stand, half-sit position, resting on his haunches. 
He was concentrating before he answered. And he said this, Well, to be quite truthful about the matter, I just don't know how it is I gained the ability to speak. I guess I just woke up one day after hearing humans talking, like you, and I thought it seemed perfectly logical that I could as well. So I did, and I do. That's impossible. The shocked Noah blurted back. The meerkat became even more comfortable. It would seem so, Noah, but I can talk, and there you have it. Noah relaxed a bit. He took one step forward. How do you know my name? The meerkat smiled broadly this time. Oh, Noah, I know all about you. How? I never met you. I never talked to a meerkat. I never... This is crazy. That would also seem so as well. But here we are. You are talking to me, and I am talking to you. Do you want to know my name? Your name? You have a name? Noah was shocked as the conversation moved forward. That moment seemed as if he were talking to a human, not an animal. Talking to a meerkat and having him talk back would be insane. Noah wondered if he was hallucinating. Noah looked over at the immense wheat field. He turned around in a 360-degree circle. Oh, I can assure you, Noah, your green walkway is nowhere to be found around here. We'll have to find it again, together. I can help you. And after a long pause, while the meerkat allowed Noah to calm again, My name is Manny. You can call me Manny. Noah smiled and chuckled. Manny? Your name is Manny? Uh-huh. Noah then laughed a bit. You are Manny the meerkat. Noah chuckled again. You don't need thee. Just remember, Noah, that sometimes saying fewer words is better than adding too many words at one time. It makes conversation move quickly, and it makes what you are saying seem more uh, intelligent. It makes it seem more understandable. It's easier to comprehend by the person you are talking to. Noah shook his head in agreement. He still couldn't believe he was actually talking to a meerkat who seemed to have a touch of wisdom. I am sitting here talking to Manny, meerkat, in the middle of nowhere, with the zoo somewhere, maybe close by or maybe far away. I don't know which at this moment. Oh, Noah, you are nowhere near the zoo. You are in a wheat field in Asia. Noah stood straight. Asia? What are you talking about, Asia? We are in the Southwest United States. And that is the read from Chapter 3 from Noah, an animal adventure fantasy, where it certainly gets more interesting. And I can tell you from uh, writing the book that it gets even more interesting from there. So I really do hope that you have a chance to read or listen to the audiobook of Noah, an animal adventure 
fantasy. That comes to the end of our episode, episode number 36 today. And I want to thank you very much for joining me. And I hope that on iTunes or any of the podcast distribution sites that you're listening to this podcast, that you will please subscribe, rate, and review. You can go to our three websites that we have dedicated to the Visit the Zoo project. The first is zooanimals.info. And that animals is plural, by the way, zoo animals.info and from there you can get links to all the books and also all the merchandise that I was talking about at the beginning of this episode my author website is at frederickfishman f-i-c-h-m-a-n.com and if you want to help and support everything we do here on Visit the Zoo you can go to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash forward slash visit the zoo And again, be sure to visit our merchandise store. You can get that either at zooanimals.info or going direct to zazzle.com forward slash zooswear. And that's Z-A-Z-Z-L-E dot com forward slash Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R. Thank you again for joining me. I hope that you'll come back next week. Bye.